0: In the middle of April this year, at 1 a.m., I woke to a desperate call from my partner stating that her mother, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia, had suffered a fall and was being rushed to the hospital. Months leading up to her fall, my partner's mother was on a sort of mental decline and continuously reached out for her own mother as if she was standing in the room calling for her. She would stare fixed in a spot, as if looking into the eyes of someone not even there. My partner's mother would state that her mother was worried about her and that all she wished to do was to go with her own mother. My partner would desperately plead with her passed-on grandmother that it was not the time and to allow her mother to stay with us for just a bit longer." When the fall happened, her mother needed to undergo surgery to repair her fractured femur bone. As her mother began her procedure, my partner and I slipped away to grab some things from her parents' home and bring food for her family anxiously waiting for the surgery to be done and to be successful. When we arrived, the home was empty. No children around, no other person around, inside or outside on the driveway or street. My partner stood on one end of the dinner table, sorting out medicine to take back with us, and I sat on the other side. As our conversation flowed, a third person interjected. An older woman's voice spoke from the living room right behind me and asked the question in Spanish. See, my partner and her family are Hispanic. To this day, I can still hear the tone and questioning emphasis within the voice. Immediately, my partner crossed around the table and asked, had I heard it too? Say what you want. This voice was as clear as my voice, talking to all of you. We checked all around the home, and even called her family to make sure no one else was there. We were all alone. My partner immediately knew and felt that her grandmother was in the room and had just spoken to us. Her mother's surgery did go very well, and now she's home living it up, dancing in her chair, coloring, and asking for every flavored taco you can think of. Her mother's health improved greatly, and seems the veil to the other side closed. Mentions of her own mother seem to have stopped. When tragedy strikes, a mark is left behind. Our emotions, our energies, stir up the paranormal pot. In this week's episode, I bring you real-life accounts of the other side reaching out in the face of tragedy. These are real-life stories from EMTs, firefighters, and different first responders. Now, some of these stories are a bit jarring, so listener discretion is advised. So, with that being said, let's dive into that. Welcome to Audibly Haunted. I'm your host, Ani Kachadorian. Now, our first real-life story comes to us from Reddit. Unfortunately, this user has since deleted their account, so I don't really have a way of crediting them, but this is how their story goes. EMT from Arkansas here. I work nights in a rural area of AR, and most of our service area is mountains and forests. We received a 911 call for an older woman who had found her husband apparently dead. In our area, EMS goes to the scene first as paramedics have protocols that allow them to confirm the death in the field. The location of the call was about 55 minutes deep into the surrounding national forest, which was mostly uninhabited. We follow our GPS until we realize that the GPS no longer shows us our route. The road we were on wasn't on any paper map. It's not on the GPS, and we can't find it on our phones. We are in the middle of nowhere, with no GPS, nor can we make contact with dispatch or the sheriff's office and the radio. We decide to go back, but the road is so narrow, the ambulance is scraping against the sides of the trees as we tried to back up. It's basically an ATV trail. We spend about a half hour with me backing up and my partner guiding me so we don't hit anything. We finally get into an area open enough to turn around and start heading back out the way we came. As we're driving, I notice something in the road. I point it out to my partner, and as I stop, a figure starts to move towards us. It looks like a man, dressed in all black. We sit for about a half a minute, both of us staring at him and he staring at us. The whole time, we're both going, WTF, WTF. Finally, the figure turns and points down a little side road we hadn't noticed before because it was dark and it wasn't on the GPS. We tried to radio dispatch for police backup and still no signal. So we decide this must be a neighbor trying to help us find the place and go down the road he pointed down. I'm hearing banjo music in my head. I'm thinking of how many different ways this can get ugly. Because I've been on similar calls before where we find a crazy person that tries to stab us when we approach or someone who is methed out of their minds and wants to kill us and take our narcotics. We eventually roll up on a little trailer. We're now over an hour from the nearest highway, and we were later told that dispatch was flipping out trying to make contact with us, because they couldn't even find our satellite tracker on the map. We slowly approach and go inside, and find an elderly woman sitting on the floor next to a body. The body is the same size and build as the figure that pointed us out to the house. We feel the body and its rigor mortis, meaning he's been dead for at least a few hours. We console the woman for a moment and ask if she has any neighbors. She says her nearest neighbor is a house that we passed about seven miles back the way we came. We confirm the death and ask the woman if she has a telephone. And we use her landline to call the sheriff's office to get the county, coroner, and officers to investigate. Once they show up, we ask if they met the man we met. And they said no. They just followed our tire tracks in the mud. My partner and I got the hell out of there. And we never talked about it again. It still gives me chills every time we have to go into that forest. Our second story comes from another Reddit user named BPG131313, and their story goes a little like this. Back when I was the captain in the fire department, we responded to a house fire early in the morning. When we arrived, the roof was breached and flames had taken out two windows on the second floor of a split-level home. We made entry, and even though the roof was breached and the thermocline was about two feet off the first floor, we wouldn't have gone in at all, but a child was missing. The father and mother had gotten out of the house, but they couldn't get to their daughter's room. The father was being treated for burns on his hands and forearms as we tried to go in after her. Suffice it to say, they were frantic. They told us that her room was on the second floor, Second door to the right. Simple enough. We made entry and the stairs faced the door. Rapid bursts from the TFT to the ceiling brought the smoke level up about four feet from the floor. That's when my handline man and I saw something that neither of us could explain. I saw motion to my left, down to the main floor. Someone was walking down the stairs. I pointed to my handline man And he saw it too. We couldn't see a body as the person was in the smoke, but we could see the legs and the feet clearly. It looked to be a man wearing olive green trousers and leather shoes. I wouldn't say that the legs were dancing, but they were certainly moving in a way to get your attention. We redirect down the stairs and see the legs go into the door on the right side of the small hallway. We both see the legs go into the room. We get down the hallway and the door is closed. Feeling the door, there weren't any flames behind it, and we made entry to discover that we were in a bathroom. The light was on and curled up in a bathtub was a little girl. There was no one else in the room with her. We broke out the window and got her to the second crew, keeping the house next door from catching fire. We looked around the bathroom again and we couldn't find the man we'd both seen go into the bathroom. There was nowhere for him to hide in there. We withdrew from the house and did exposure control as the house was a complete loss, with the fire already spreading into the living room. The parents had gone with their daughter to the hospital where she was checked and cleared to go later that morning, and the man suffered only first and small second degree burns on his hands and forearms. The family stopped by the station and wanted to thank us for saving their daughter. They asked us how we knew to check the first floor bathroom, and I asked them if they knew anything about a man in olive green trousers and leather shoes. The man pulled out his phone after a minute of thinking and showed us a picture of two old men standing in a lawn. One of the men was clearly wearing olive green trousers and those leather shoes. The man we had seen on the first floor had passed away in 1976 and it was the man's father. The little girl's grandfather had showed us where she was. We were all speechless. It's the only time I've ever seen a ghost during a response. It's a saying that we always hear. The ones we love don't ever truly leave us. I feel like that when death is near, the veil that separates us grows thinner. In these moments, that's when our loved ones come to find us, or rather, point the way to those who are trying to save us. Tragedy leaves a mark, deeper than we can see with our own eyes. It at times leaves a spiritual mark, giving strength to the energy around us. Maybe the energy we leave behind is just enough to feed the paranormal, allowing it to cross into our realm. It is not always the phantom dancing legs or a strange figure in all black that reaches out to us. There are those moments of what seems to be a divine intervention. So many stories have come out of what people see when they are pronounced dead and they are resuscitated back to life. Others claim to feel a feeling from the other side. Here are two stories that seem to have had a run-in with some divine intervention. Our first story is from Reddit user Medic Malfunction, and here's what they write. My first job out of EMT school was working as an inter-facility transport technician, taking people from one hospital to another or to nursing homes and hospice centers. Once I went back to school to become a paramedic, I continued to work there for a few years. I provided transport services to more critical patients, requiring a referral to a higher level of care than local hospitals could handle. There is one single transport from that time in my life which is burned into my memory. This transport is significant, not because of its unusual medical condition or that it was the first time I gave a specific medication, but because of the patient and his story. We were dispatched to transfer a patient who was brought to the local ED by EMS after suffering a cardiac arrest. He was resuscitated after reaching the hospital and admitted to the ICU. However, it was determined that he would need procedures which were not available at the local hospital. When I met the patient, he looked very healthy, given the circumstances, and was, by my judgment, physically and mentally fit. During the transport, he told me that while he was at home and in cardiac arrest, he floated out of his body and was able to watch and describe the efforts of the paramedics. He continued to watch as the paramedics transported him to the hospital and he re-entered his body as he was resuscitated. His description of the medical procedures he underwent were accurate. However, the most chilling part of his story was that as he floated above his body, he can see a black vortex hovering above him. He said that this was a portal to hell, where he was destined to go had he not re-entered his body. The gentleman stated he had a new outlook on life, and that he needed to make major choices to avoid spending his afterlife in misery. He was extremely sincere and somber, as he explained all of this to me, and a chilling certainty went down my spine as he recounted his story. I don't know what happened to this man, or how his life turned out, but I do know he had a powerful experience which changed his life. Our next story is a second-hand telling from Reddit user Turbill and this is what they write. There was one I heard my mother talking about that she believed was something divine. My mother is a nurse, firefighter, and an EMT. We lived in a small town And any time the scanner went off, my parents rushed out to help, day or night. Well, for some reason, my mother had woken up at an odd time and couldn't fall back asleep. I guess that wasn't normal for her. Before too long, she hears the medical emergency tone, and she said she got this strange feeling like something was going to be very bad about this call. She heard the address of the call and practically sprung out of bed. I remember hearing her run out of the house. The address of the call was my aunt's house, who my mother was very close to. My aunt had had a heart attack that night and died in her sleep. My mother was glad that she had the chance to be there for her husband. She said it was some miracle that she woke up just for that one tone, and she felt like it was my aunt asking her to be there for her husband. Each of these stories run a cold chill down my back, sending my whole body into a goosebump frenzy. First responders see the darkest parts of human reality, from accidents, murder, suicide, and death as a whole. They live in the facts, the logic, the real life. And to hear these stories truly makes you wonder about the paranormal all around us. The experience I had within my partner's parents' home was what I believed to be my first true paranormal experience. Just like the dark figure in all black or the frantic feet in green pants and leather shoes, I do believe my partner's grandmother reached out to us that day, having been given strength from the emotions and energy left behind. Moments like this, or moments experienced by these first responders, are a part of our reality. We simply need to open our eyes to truly experience it when the paranormal reach out from just beyond the veil. This has been Audibly Haunted, and I'm your host, Ani Chadorian. You can find Audibly Haunted wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, you name it. Give it a listen, drop a rating, a review, and share with all your friends. Remember, if you want to get featured on the show... Make sure to submit your scary stories to audiblyhaunted at gmail.com because every Friday will be a listener's story episode. Thank you for joining me and I'll see you all next week.